I feel confident that we will be able to record this podcast today. And that, I'm glad that you said that. That's the voice of Rini Jane, who has a wonderful world that I'm going to tell you all about. You're listening to Dear Anxiety. And when you come into the Dear Anxiety world, you get Rini Jane, you get Ed Krasnick, and you get a show that is about how we deal with our thoughts and feelings, how we relate to our mental well-being, how we relate to our mental health, how we relate to emotional fitness, how we relate to how we talk to ourselves, what messages, what, how, do we, how do we live? How do we live? What's the quality of your life? I'm not going to talk about that right now. That's too big of a subject. Today on the show, we're talking about confidence. That's right. We're talking about confidence. I don't know what it means, but we're going to find out what it means because about to join us, listening in right now, my partner, Rini Jane, who is an expert, studied in the field of applied positive psychology, a degree from the University of Pennsylvania under Martin Seligman, the father of applied positive psychology, which makes her the great-granddaughter of applied positive psychology. And she has a wonderful company called GoZen, which teaches resilient skills, anxiety relief, anger transformation, does all these amazing expert summits about all kinds of subjects, including confidence. Rini, how confident are you now? <laughs> I like to be the granddaughter of positive psychology. I've never <laughs> yeah. heard that before. That's Sometimes right. I'm the queen of funk, but yeah, I like to be right. the granddaughter. That's good. You're the granddaughter, right. <laughs> I am confident that we are going to talk about a little snippet of confidence because confidence is a huge topic and uh, we're going to try to tackle it in the next 30 minutes or so. What do you but think? But you know something, the funny thing about confidence is I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. When you said confidence, I was like, wow, I never thought of that. I never thought that we could talk about confidence on a show called Dear Anxiety. I love the, the idea of confidence. Tell me from, from a scientific perspective, what is it? How do you define confidence? You know how I define it? I mean, I think a lot of people would define it differently. I actually think that people have different images of what this is. Is it the person in the room that is garnering the most attention? That's the loudest? Is it the extrovert? I actually think confidence is the ability to be yourself and in any situation, to be the most authentic version of yourself in any situation. That to me is confidence. I think I made that definition up, but I'm it's going a good with makeup. It. Yeah, it's good. I'm looking in the, dic the, the dictionary of confidence right now. I don't have one, which tells you kind of where I'm at and my level of confidence. But but no, I think that that's it. The authenticity, the ability to be fully yourself in any situation. And the question that I have for you is, how do you how do you get there? <laughs> how do you how do you discover that in yourself and how do you help kids to do that? I think kids come into the world with many, many strengths and many skills, and one of them is confidence. It is rare to meet a very, very young child that doesn't isn't in their flow and doing their thing and doesn't give a can you give me a word that's not a bad word? Doesn't give a, a, uh, a hoot. Hoot? Yeah. <laughs> doesn't give a doesn't hoot give about a hoot. what anybody yeah. else thinks. So I don't think confidence is doing whatever you want, regardless of everyone else. You know, a lot of times it takes a confident person to be able to read the room and figure out, you know, where what where their role is, how they integrate into a group situation. But I do think that kids come in very self-assured about the choices that they're making. And somehow over time, you know, a multitude of factors chip away at that assurance. So we're here to talk about how we give that back 
talk to kids, how they uncover what is naturally within them. That's what we're always talking about, by the way. Well, sure. Easy for you. No. Well, this is the thing I know for myself. It really is stripping. It's, it's, it's stripping away and letting go of all the things that talk me out of it. Because I think that that is everybody's natural state and you talk yourself out of it. And there are things that you do to talk yourself out of it. The question is, how do you understand, connect with those, with those voices that, that undermine the sense of confidence that we naturally have? I think you always have to come back to the question of who you are. And I know it's a big one. Who are you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, Ed, who are you? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, somebody just asked me that this morning. I did not have an answer for them. But I'll find out before the episode's over. You are Ed. You are Ed Krasnick. Right. And you are my friend. So who are you? There's so many different ways to define and, and really get in touch with your identity, right? And you can be different versions of yourself in different domains of life. So I'm different when I'm at home in Chicago with my mom and dad. I'm often different maybe when I'm on this podcast. I'm different when I'm talking to my team at GoZen. And that doesn't mean that I'm, let's say, not being myself or not authentic or I'm being fake. That's the word I'm looking for, fake. It just means that there are different versions of me that come out in different places. There are different strengths that shine, right? There, and when you're in a relationship, meaning a friendship or a work relationship or a love relationship, people bring out different parts of you. So different parts of me are drawn out. So I think that who are you is a really complicated question. But for kids, where we want to start and where I always start when I'm working with kids is what are your strengths? What are right. those amazing, unbelievable things about you that you show every day that energize you? Are you creative? Are you curious? Are you brave? Are you loving? Are you kind? Right? Are you hopeful? And where do you show that? And it, sometimes kids, when we're working with them and they've been experiencing a lot of anxiety or a lot of self-doubt, they're like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't have any. I, mm. I don't, I just, I don't know. And so there's a lot of different ways to help kids uncover their strengths because strengths really are part of who kids are. So one place that I always like to start is strength spotting. Okay, let's not talk about your strengths. Let's see if we can be detectives and let's see if we can spot kindness, right? Let's see if we can spot someone opening a door for someone. Let's see if we can spot forgiveness or we tell stories. Can you tell me a story about curiosity? teamwork, right? Or can we read a story or watch something on TV, right? Depending on the age of the kid. And let's try to spot their strengths. So it might not be a direct, you know, what are your strengths? And, you know, if a kid is being reluctant to answer that, then, okay, well, let's just talk about it contextually and what's going on. Let me tell you a story about something I did at work. And let's talk about what it took, what strength it took to get through that story. So I think it's super important when we're trying to figure out who we are. And why are we trying to figure out who we are? Because a lot of times when we're not confident, we're not confident in those strengths that we have. We don't want to show them to the world. We're hiding, we're hiding ourselves in a lot of ways. So that's one way to figure out more about our identity and get in touch with who we are. You want to look at your strengths. You want to look at your strengths or promote the idea of, you know, what strengths are, what character strengths are, and, and what your character is as a person, what characteristics you have as a person. And you can talk about yourself. Like you said, if you're helping kids, you, tell, you can talk about yourself. If you're getting from them, I don't have any, which you might get, especially with kids these days, because they have a lot of influences that, that kind of undermine 
you know, who they are, be, that it's okay to be who you are in today's world. So in a shorthand, if I want to get to the confidence in myself, I ask myself about strengths. What do I do best? What do I enjoy the most? What do I love the most? What do I have the most passion about? What gives me purpose? What do I like to do? Those kinds of things. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah. So I'm getting to helping kids figure out who they are, right? So that they can stand in who they are. They can own who they are. They can be who they are. They feel good about that. They feel assured about themselves and their decisions and their ability to speak, right? So all of this flows from our ability to get in touch with who we are. And you mentioned something about passions and interests. I think it's also important, you know, while we're looking at strengths to look at where kids are in flow. Where are those activities where they're so immersed that time just falls away? Where do they go into flow? Is that art? You know, is that playing music? Is it sports? Sometimes it's video games. You know what? Then let's dig into what is it about video games that is getting them into flow. So where are you in flow? So these are different ways to figure out really who you are in, you know, in different situations and who you are as a person. Because I think what happens, again, when we don't have confidence is we're not willing to show who we are as people to the other people in our lives. And then I think it's important once we really kind of figure out, you know, who are we? Then I like to do this keys to your heart exercise where I ask kids, you know, if you had three to five keys to your heart, right? You can draw them on a piece of paper, draw three keys on a piece of paper. Who would you let in? Who influences who you are? You know, whose opinion matters to you? Because it can't be everyone. It's got to be three to five people who are important to you. Because a lot of times, like we were talking about earlier, kids come into this world extremely self-assured. Well, where does that assurance go? A lot of times it's influenced by the opinions around us. Oh, I wore, I wore these clothes, you know, and no one else is wearing them. I guess this is strange. I don't feel confident in that. Oh, I said, you know, this opinion about the sports team that I like, but nobody else was with me. Everybody else was rooting for the other side. Well, I'm not confident in that decision anymore. See, we begin to be influenced and we begin to lose our confidence in who we are and the decisions we make. So I always say, listen, three to five keys to your heart is what is what we have. And those opinions you take into account, they matter to you. And then everyone else, it's okay to listen with an open mind. but they don't necessarily influence you in the ways that the other ones do. So I think that's super important. So thinking about three, three to five people or influences, things that people that influence you and really answer that. There's only a few people who can get into your heart. Of course, everyone could be, but think of the three key people or, or more. Exactly. Come in. So, so now, now, can you switch from... Is this an intervention? Is this something that you can you switch from insecurity to confidence in the moment? And how would you do that? I think it's a practice. You're building a muscle, right? In confidence, you're building a muscle. You want to show up as who you are and you want to be assured. You want to be able, you know, confidence, a lot of times people paint pictures of it. So it's the kid that goes into the party and maybe is able to go up to a group of people and speak to them, whether those are strangers or whether those are new people, right? I think there's different degrees of confidence and there's images in your mind. So what you should first figure out is what is your goal for confidence? You know, what are the goals? And you can work collectively with your child to create these goals, right? What's the goal when it comes to being confident? What does that look like? What is the, what is a confident kid? 
You know, it doesn't, again, have to be the loudest kid in the room, the most gregarious person. It means that you are being yourself. You know when your kid is not feeling confident, when you go into an environment and you're like, they're just not being themselves. They're not shining. Their strengths are not showing. Right. So how do you switch from being insecure, you ask, to being confident? You practice this muscle. Right. So first you figure out what are your goals? What are your goals of confidence? What does it look like to you? And figure it out in different domains. We're all different in different places in our life. And that's okay. And then practice, practice little things. So if one of your goals is I want the ability to speak in front of a group of people, then we practice that. And there's different ways to practice it. So first set the goal, the intention. And then figure out how you are going to get to that intention. Hmm. Yeah. And so you spend time with this. It's not something that you just walk out into the I mean, you do walk out into the world with it when you're young, but it is something to be practiced like all these other skills that we talk about on the show. We talk about practicing self-compassion. We talk about practicing all kinds of, you know, how we talk to ourselves what we do with our feelings and thoughts. These are practices, practicing happiness skills, practicing resilience skills, how to bounce back. I mean, so this is what we talk about on the show, but today confidence, all about confidence. And so- So, 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 yeah, so let's set the goal. You know, my mm -hmm. goal is to be able to talk to one new person at my school. So you create a goal, create a specific goal. And if that goal seems really hard, what it what we need is we need some incremental itty bitty step practice. So instead of, you know, that might just feel really overwhelming to someone, to a child. Well, I don't have the confidence to do that, right? There's no way I could go up and talk to someone I don't know. Okay, well, then today what we're going to do is we're going to smile at someone. We're going to smile at someone we don't know. Or we're even going to make eye contact, right? You can even start smaller. So we're going to make eye contact with someone we don't know. Tomorrow, we're going to smile. And then the third day, we're going to say hi, right? So we create these baby steps to really reach our intention. Another thing that we can do really to grow our confidence is, and I know this kind of sounds strange, but we can be really good listeners. A lot of times when we're talking about confidence or parents are talking about confidence, they are talking about their child being with another person, right? They're talking about confidence in terms of a relationship. I don't feel like my child is confident when they go to school, for example, right? So the relationship is with another group of kids. And so one thing that we can do to practice our confidence is to be a good listener. And I love this one intervention called active constructive responding. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. Active constructive responding Okay. And so how would you describe it and how can we uh, demonstrate it? Maybe you can teach me how to do it. Okay. So you know what's super interesting? If you ever go to someone with bad news and they're a good friend of yours, what do you expect from them? If I go to somebody with bad news, what do I expect from them? I expect them to listen. Okay. You expect them to listen. And when you go to them with good news, what do you expect of them? I expect them to be excited for me. Okay, great. To be excited for you. So it's interesting because I feel like a lot of times people judge relationships based on how someone will respond when they go to them with bad news. What kind of a friend are you when I go to you with bad news? But the research has found that our response to positive news is actually a better predictor of the long-term success of a relationship than our response to negative news. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting. That's Yeah, we think that that's a true friend. A true friend is somebody who's with you when the times are tough. 
okay, and there is a specific way that we can actually respond that is better than other ways. And this is what the research is about. So I want to tell you about these four different ways. And again, we're talking about confidence. We're talking about your child being a good friend which can really help develop trust and that trust in a relationship can help bolster confidence. Okay. So when someone comes to you with good news, there's four different ways that you can respond. Okay. One is passive destructive. (laughs) This is like the worst way of responding. This is disinterested, not paying attention, changing the topic you don't care basically you're tuned out so say something say give me some good news and i'll I just want a million dollars oh really what's for dinner <laughs> guess exactly what happened to me what today? i was hoping yeah <laughs> guess what happened to me today right yeah right. exactly yeah. okay you, good. yeah you get one upped right <laughs> well done good okay then there is passive constructive okay so these are so i started with the worst right now we're getting a little bit better okay so come to me with some good news and i'll be passive constructive I have amazing news. I just won a million dollars again. Oh, that's nice, Dad. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Right, so I am, you know, passively engaged. I have a little bit of enthusiasm, but I'm not really making a big deal of the situation. Maybe I just nod and smile like, hmm. Huh. That's something. <laughs> okay. Now, yeah. I actually think this one is the worst. I think it's even possibly worse than passive destructive, which is being, because at- passive destructive is kind of indifferent, but you can be actively destructive. Okay, so come to me with some good news again. Hey, I just won the lottery. Oh my goodness. That's awful. You won the lottery? I just yeah. read a research study on like 99% of lottery winners end up in the, you know, bankrupt and depressed. And on oh. pro- you know, some kind of something. Oh. To, uh. So that's terrible. What are you going to do? Well, I'm my Uber is here, so I have oh. to go. Okay. So now let's do active constructive, which is the best way to respond when someone comes to you with good news. Okay, so Ed, come to me with good news. Hey, I just won the lottery. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. You've been playing for years. Wait a second. Did you use the same numbers? I did. (gasps) Those seven numbers and everyone has been telling you to change your numbers? I knew. I knew it was going to come up this time. I just felt it. I don't know. It's strange to say, but I really did know. Wait, so now can, I'm, yeah. Can you remind me, how did you pick those numbers again? Who's, what numbers are those? It's my birthday and my daughter's birthday combined. Oh my goodness. That is so special. <laughs> Isn't that great? You know, thanks for being so supportive. I really appreciate that. This sounds like active constructive to me. <laughs> it is. This is active, constructive. And do you actually, I mean, we're doing a role play, but did you yeah. feel any different as we were doing it? Oh, yeah. It's amazing. What happens is your energy just completely changes and all of a sudden you're you're lifted. You know, yes. this is what happens all of a sudden. You know, sometimes you think, well, obviously we're doing a role play. This isn't really happening. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's amazing how when you practice these things, it actually changes your state. It doesn't matter, right? So your body and your brain can't really tell that you're faking it. And I think a great thing and what we would love, because we get a lot of feedback on our role plays, you know, mostly positive. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> but what, we're, what we want you to know is that you can do it at home with your kids. 
right? And so one thing, because for kids who are not confident and you are trying to give them information about their senses, make eye contact, you know, make sure you're, <laughs> make sure you're standing up straight. And those are all great things. And they're important because body language is a big, big part of communication. But I think it's hard to remember sometimes. So two things you can do. One is tell them to lead with their curiosity. What I was doing in the active constructive responding was I was just being curious about my friend. So lead with their curiosity. Now, sometimes kids can go overboard and they can ask way too many questions, but it's a practice. So the second thing is practice. Do this kind of role playing at home. And kids are naturally full of curiosity. You know that if you've gone through any kid at the age of three, four and five and they ask why a million times a day, right? We are born natural lovers of learning and curious. So it's pretty easy to activate that curiosity again. So one thing you can do to work with your child to build their confidence is to build their curiosity and to teach them how they can be curious in conversations. Because a lot of times when we're not confident, when we're feeling socially anxious, when we're feeling like all the eyes are on us, this is a way to help with that, right? Because you're kind of turning the attention the other way you're asking questions to your friends, but you're doing it in a way that's really genuine and gets the conversation going. I will tell you about something that I used to do with my daughter. We actually, we still do it. And she thinks we should turn it into a show and it's called The Family Hour. And what happens is she pulls out, and this is when she was little, but she pulled out like all kinds of dolls and she made families. And then I would pretend that we were on a TV show and I'd say, welcome to the family hour. Which this is where we visit with a new family every week. We take, they take us on a tour of their lives and we get to know a little bit about them, probably just like your family. And so I would ask her questions about each of her characters in the family. And she had these incredibly intricate stories about each person and what their backstory was. And it was a great way to practice this kind of stuff. I mean, that's what I'm saying is you can do it when they're really young. That's so fun. That's yeah. so fun. My kids would yeah. love to do that. But yeah. what do we do when our kids are like in middle school? Aha. Then As your daughter is in middle school now, right? She's in the first year of high school now. Oh, and then, high school. And, and then we can and then we can still we can still say, you know, you can role play. You can say Ask me, you know, I'm, we're going to have a, a conversation about something I did today or about or about a person in your life. Or I'm going to ask you some questions and I'm going to listen. Or you can ask me. You can ask me anything. Or you can pretend I'm somebody else or pretend I'm one of your heroes. Pretend I'm one of your one of the five keys that you let in. One of the influences. It's just practicing listening and developing a line of questioning about it. it usually start if you can start it with something that you're really interested in from the get-go, that would be good. Maybe it's Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get it right. Get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> get the pop culture reference right. Otherwise, they're going to know right away that, oh yeah. my goodness, the, you're yeah. trying to connect with me, but you're using the wrong references. I am. Yeah. Taylor Swift, maybe a few years ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that I want to say about confidence is it can feel like a lot of pressure to kids. We can feel under pressure if we feel like we're having to perform in all sorts of different areas of our life. You know, so we're going to, let's say we're taking to our kid to a party and we want them to have a good time and we want everyone to see in them what we see at home. We see maybe you see this playful, funny, energetic child, and then you go into situations and they are kind of hiding behind your leg or not really talking, not really shining and showing their personality. Well, they feel that. 
they feel that from us, especially if we're just explicitly saying, you know, be more, don't be so shy, you know, mm-hmm. go out there and put yourself out there. So it can feel like a lot of pressure. I think we really need to be attuned to that. And it doesn't mean that you don't push your child out of their comfort zone a little bit, you know, but it means that you talk about it and you really reinforce the places where they are showing confidence. Because mm-hmm. for most kids, this isn't in every domain in their, of their life. For most kids, it's just in specific areas where they feel like they can't be themselves. Hmm. I feel like, and this is a consistent theme in our show, and that's not only is it practicing something, but it's role playing. It's acting it out. And again, it's not about acting. It's simply about doing it where you're just simply doing it. Okay, you're, we're going to a party. Okay, how do you go to parties? How are you at parties? That's another th- question to ask, you know, people how they are in different places in their life. How are you at school? How are you when you're with your friends? How are you when you're with me? How are you, you know, getting them to be aware and getting them to actually practice the situation. You know, all of these life situations, they can be practiced. And it doesn't matter how good or it doesn't matter how you evaluate it. It's just the conscious doing of it makes it come alive and makes you come alive in the moment. And then you can do it in your life. It's like practicing football. You know, the pro team, the New England Patriots, a lot of people don't like them. Okay, I'm a Patriots fan because I'm from Boston. What can I tell you? But what I will say about that, what they always talk about is their game is only as good as how they practice. If they practice well, they know they're going to do well. And so all their emphasis is on practice. Practice is an amazing thing. And it reminds me, and I think we've mentioned this book before, of this book that I love called Rejection Proof. I think it's so funny. It's by Jia Jiang. And I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing that properly, but that's the way that I think it's pronounced. And I remember there was a viral video that he put out a few years ago where he walked into a Krispy Kreme donuts and he asked the manager to arrange the donuts into the shape of Olympic rings. (laughs) It's so funny (laughs) because he was practicing being rejected and he knew that if he would make these big, crazy requests that he would get rejected. And his thesis is, is that rejection is a muscle and that you constantly practice working outside your comfort zone. You know, otherwise you lose that muscle. Now, I don't know if I would say rejection is a muscle or if I would say confidence is a muscle, right? Maybe it's the same thing. It's like flip sides of the same coin. But in his book, he talks about rejection really being a game of numbers and that if you put yourself out there, you will get no's for sure, but you will be okay because you will be desensitized to them and you will eventually get yeses. And the avoidance of this, and I know this is what kids feel from having worked with kids who feel like they're not confident, avoiding situations is really worse than the pain of rejection at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's really true about all things, avoiding feelings, avoiding thoughts, always worse than the actual, the actual thought or feeling. Always, always. So that's, that's really interesting. I'm going to check out that book. Today, we've talked all about confidence. There's got to be a part two on this too. Absolutely. Okay. We'll be back. Can you do we'll be, I know that you can do the impersonation better than I can. I don't know if that's true, Rainy. We'll be, I'll be, That's I'll scary. be back. I'll be, I'll be back. Um, well, now I'm gonna have uh, nightmares. <laughs> you've been listening. You've been listening to Dear Anxiety with Rini Jane and Ed Krasnick, and we want to thank you for all of your constructive comments 
and great comments. And if you want to find us and you want to give us a review, we would love it. And you can do it at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Dear Anxiety. And a lot of you have written in great emails about your lives and about wanting to connect on certain issues, wanting to give stories. We'd love to hear it. And you can do that at gozen forward slash Dear Anxiety gozen.com forward slash dear anxiety <laughs> I think we're on like the 37th episode but at some point you're going to figure it out <laughs> Go- <laughs> gozen.com forward slash dear anxiety yeah <laughs> and you can also just email us at go at gozen.com I like it all right peace keep coming back it works if you work it I'm Ed Krasnick I'm Rini Jane see you next time see you next time <laughs>